Hello, my Facebook friends. It is 3 p.m. Central Time on Tuesday afternoon, and that means that Bill's Facebook study is about to get going. I uh, hope that you are having a great week and a nice day. It is a beautiful day, beautiful day here in Tyler, Texas. Um, we have had, as you know, here in Texas, some very weird and strange weather over the past week or two, and especially the last several days. It has been uh, it has been quite uh, a, a winter uh, that refuses to give up. Of course, springtime isn't here yet, but in Texas, we're used to days like today more so than days like we had last week. I'm going to put something on Facebook a little later that contrasts the low temper the temperature last week with the temperature today, which I believe is supposed to be in the 70s and I think is already there. So that is. Um, that's kind of uh, that's kind of the way it, the way things are going right now. We have a uh, uh, we've had a time here in Texas, and we appreciate all of you praying for us and thinking of us through this crisis. I believe uh, that most everyone has power, and most everyone has water. We here in Tyler, um, Joyce and I never lost electricity, but many did here in town and throughout the state, uh, as you know. And uh, also, uh, we we never we never did, but a, a lot of people, uh, including ourselves, didn't have water for a few days. And even after it was turned on, of course, it wasn't quite safe to drink. So as of this morning, very early, and then flushing out the pipes and everything, we are able to uh, drink out of the out of the faucet again. So it's um, it's been quite a quite a time these last several days. Was talking with one of our uh, co one of my co-workers earlier today, and we were talking about how we take so many things for granted that the rest of the world doesn't necessarily take for granted at all, and that we uh, get used to things that just are always there that aren't necessarily always there. So this has been a good week from that perspective, but I'm okay with us moving along and being able to drink water out of the faucet, being able to. Uh, uh, turn the faucet on and have water come out and uh, and to not be worried about others who are uh, having some very great difficulty on some very cold days and nights. So thank you again for your encouragement and your prayers. Thanks for being a part of this Bible study today as we continue to make our way through the book of uh, Colossians. Nice to see Pat is here and Larry and Lynn are here. Jessica, my dear friend and sister, wonderful to see your name there. It gives me a smile. Uh, Eric and Cindy Mosley are uh, tuning in, but maybe later they say. So uh, before uh, you get away, just wanted to give you a little shout out from your son, who I was texting with a little bit earlier and is one of our very active deacons here. And uh, how about that? My cousin, Caitlin, all the way from Long Island, New York. Great to see you, Caitlin. I hope you guys are OK. We had some of your weather last week uh, and then sent it to you, I believe. That's how that typically uh, works. So I uh, love you, too. Wonderful to see you. Love pictures of your beautiful children. And um, uh, boy, I wish we could make it up there sometime. That would be so wonderful uh, to see all of you, uh, my cousins, my second cousins, my second cousins, friends, and all, all of that, all of that, all of that. Um, it's a wonderful uh, opportunity to be with you uh, online and uh, long distance through social media. What a great blessing uh, that is. Uh, abused by some, of course, but what a great tool and blessing God has given us in all of that. 
So uh, Colossians, Colossians 3, as we continue on, uh, we find a place here in Colossians 3 that actually is a passage that gives some thou shalts and some thou shalt nots. And you would think that that's just the Old Testament, but it's not. It's not. Uh, we forget sometimes, and a lot of people uh, forget or choose to forget or have never really studied the Bible enough to know that there's a lot of scripture in the New Testament that is uh, calling us to live a certain way. In fact, I believe, you may have heard me say this before, but I believe that the reason the New Testament was written was to tell Christians how we should live. I think I think that's the whole purpose behind it. Yes, it gives us the marvelous, wonderful story of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead and his ascension into heaven and uh, the beginning of the church and all of those wonderful blessings. And uh, of course, that's a part of the purpose but really, remember, these New Testament books, including Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are all written to the church. They're all written to Christians, and they're written just within a few decades after that experience of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, which is the gospel uh, that provides his saving blood for us and then calls us to respond in faith. And Scripture, I think in many ways, especially the book of Acts, lets us know exactly what that looks like. Uh, coming to believe in Jesus Christ and uh, deciding that we're going to change our life. That's repentance and, and turn away from sin and turn towards God, not do it perfectly. But that's going to be our new focus and our new purpose and our new mission. And uh, we confess that to other people and then we're baptized into Jesus Christ. Uh, we're studying a great passage on that this coming Sunday morning in, uh, in at West Irwin Church of Christ in my sermon series on the book of Romans as we go to Romans chapter 6. Um, that tells us that we die to sin, we're buried with Christ through baptism into death, and we're raised to live a new life. Well, I think, th I think the New Testament is written to Christians and to the church so that we can know how to live that new life so that we will be faithful. And I think that's uh, the purpose of, of the New Testament. So we, as we get to that passage in Colossians 3 today, we're going to find uh, a lot of the things. It begins with those first few verses that talk about um, setting our minds and our hearts and our lives and our focus on things above, on the eternal things, and not on things below, the carnal things, the earthly things, the temporary things that seem to be so urgent as we go through this life. And and being able to to not give up the important things of the eternal for the urgent things of the temporary uh, that is that is our call. And Colossians tells us how to do that. And it gives reminds us that there are other options. And it, call, it reminds us that those other options are not near as good as uh, living faithfully in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we'll get to that great passage in Colossians 3, verse 17, that says, whatever you do, whatever you say, do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Do it all to honor Christ. Do it all with uh, thanksgiving and gratitude in your hearts. So and that's a pretty general statement, just like set your minds and hearts on things above is a pretty general statement. But in the rest of the chapter and really in the rest of Colossians, he speaks very specifically about what that looks like. And that really begins uh, where we are today in Colossians 3, beginning in verse 5. But before we get there, I want to have a little fun. Uh, and share with you an article that I uh, saw a while back and ask a question. Um, the question is, is there a place for commandments 
in our society today? Is there a place for thou shalts and thou shalt not even in the church? Seems like in our country, in our culture, in our communities, we're becoming uh, more and more uncomfortable with anybody saying that to be pleasing to God, you have to live a certain way. And yet, that again is the reason why the New Testament was written, so that we could know how we should live as new creatures in Jesus Christ. Um, and so I think that that's, I think there is a place uh, for this teaching. I think it's very appropriate for us today. And what's more, and I'll say it a few times, hopefully over the next few weeks, um, I believe that people in our culture, in our society, uh, they're not going to be scared off by commandments. I believe what they want to know is that there's a reason, a biblical reason, why we believe that commandment is for us today. And secondly, I believe they want to be able to see us doing our best to be obedient to that commandment, to live the way we preach and teach. Uh, I don't think I think they'll be fine if we acknowledge that we're sinners too and that we don't measure up because that's why Jesus died on the cross for us. But at the same time, they what they want to see in us, I believe, is a clear direction and purpose in life that seeks to please God, that seeks to live obediently uh, to his word and his will. Um, I like this little story. A third grade Sunday school teacher was giving a Bible lesson on the commandment, honor thy father and thy mother. She said, now, does anyone know a commandment for brothers and sisters? And one sharp little girl raised her hand and said, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> I love that story. Sounds so much like siblings, right? Uh, those of you who are parents of young children or even teenagers these days, um, you can have a special appreciation for that. Joyce and I remember those days. Uh, we understand that <laughs> there's all kinds of conflicts that families go through. Uh, but what a blessing to be able to go through those together as a family. It's what makes families family, I think. And so you, uh, you do your best and you go through that. And as you do, <laughs> you tend to smile a little bit. Um, <clears throat> anyone who talks about uh, long-term marriages. I was talking to one of our members this morning. Uh, he and his wife, he's 92, she's 90, and they've been married for 68 years. Uh, what a blessing. What a great inspiration and example. But everyone who talks about, here's the secret to having a long marriage, it, and, and that is you, you laugh together. <laughs> You're able to not laugh at each other, uh, at least not doing that in a hurtful way, but you take turns laughing at and with each other. You laugh at life. You enjoy those great moments uh, of blessing and humor. And I think that's a great, great thing. Again, not anything cruel, not anything that is um, uh, bombastic or arrogant or putting someone down, but being able to appreciate the lighter moments of life. Uh, and, um, and so that little story is one of those. Um, there's an article from uh, 2014, I believe. It was a, uh, a, a CNN article and story, and uh, it was about a contest to rewrite the Ten Commandments. 
and I know that you've heard all the all the suggestions, all the uh, jokes about the Ten Commandments. You know, the Reader's Digest used to publish condensed versions of, of novels and longer books. And so some said that the, you know, the uh, con Reader's Digest condensed version of the Ten Commandments only had six. Uh, that's funny. Uh, and uh, some have said that we don't have the Ten Commandments anymore. Now in our society, we have the Ten Suggestions. Uh, or somebody going the other way with that and saying it's they're called the Ten Commandments, not the Ten Suggestions. Well, along with that, um, CNN published an article several years ago about rewriting the Ten Commandments. Uh, and so they reported on two atheists who wanted to rewrite the Ten Commandments. The article begins with this question, what if instead of climbing Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments from God, Moses had turned to the Israelites and asked, hey, what do you guys think we should do? <laughs> that was the idea behind the Ten Commandments contest in which atheists were asked to offer modern alternatives to the famous Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. The contest even offered $10,000 for the best ideas. The contest drew more than 2,800 submissions from 18 countries and 27 U.S. states. Uh, the proposed non-commandments ranged from the quizzical to the chaotic, uh, from don't follow your nature to thriving in space is the ultimate goal. A team of 13 judges selected 10 of the more sober and serious submissions and announced the, the winners. The article summarized the list this way. There's nary a thou shalt among them. And, and that's that's what we would expect, right? If humans were going to make the list of the Ten Commandments, they wouldn't be commandments at all. If we were asked, whatever your religious background, if Moses had told the Israelites, if we, if God were to tell us, look, just tell me what you want to do um, and how you want to live, and and we'll make that uh, the law. We'll make that the commandment. Well, that's that's not that's just not the way it works. Uh, God is the sovereign God. He is the eternal Creator. He is the Savior. His Son gave His Son to die on the cross for our sins, raised Him from the dead, and now is letting us live out our lives in the hopes that those who need to repent will. That's what Second Peter three says as to why Jesus hasn't come yet because God doesn't want anyone to die, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. And so he's patient and long-suffering towards us, as our brother Matt Hawes so beautifully put as we uh, were gathering around the Lord's table Sunday, partaking of the Lord's Supper. Uh, we're so very grateful for his long-suffering nature, for his patience. And that's the only reason why the world still exists, because God wants to give those who need to repent a little bit more time to do exactly that. Someday that time will run out. When will that be, Bill? I don't know. Could be before this little study is over and it's going to be 30 minutes or so. Or it could be another 2,000 years. There's nothing to say that that God's patience will run out right away. Uh, there have been times, yes, it's a difficult time and there are certainly a lot of distressing things going on in our nation, going on in our world today. But if you have any connection at all, any understanding at all of world history, even over the last 2,000 years of Christian world history, 
um, it's it's a sad story. It's a sad tale, and things have been much worse in this world at times than they are right now. It doesn't mean things are great. I be- always believe that there are, there have been times that were better and times that were worse than the times we're living in right now. I think, and I think that's true. Um, but as we get back to this little uh, Ten Commandments contest, um, again, they said there's nary a thou shalt among them. Nothing specifically about murder, stealing, adultery, although there is a version of the golden rule, which presumably would cover those crimes, the article says. If they lack faith in the divine, the atheist non-commandments display a robust faith in humankind as if Silicon Valley had replaced Sinai. Uh, Not this week, but next week, we'll be looking at Romans chapter 7 on Sunday morning here at West Irwin Church of Christ. And we'll be looking at that great chapter where Paul expresses much frustration about how he wants to do good, doesn't want to do evil, but he finds himself giving in to the selfishness of the flesh too many times. And I think that's that is the fate of humanity. There's good about us, but there's also uh, that a sinful nature, that flesh that calls us to think selfishly rather than unselfishly and sacrificially to think about self rather than others and certainly rather than about our creator. Um, so anyway, I know you want to hear these Ten Commandments, so here they are. The winning ten non-commandments. Uh, number one, be open-minded and be willing to alter your beliefs with new evidence. Number two, strive to understand what is most likely to be true, not to believe what you wish to be true. Number three, the scientific method is the most reliable way of understanding the natural world. That one's pretty problematic, isn't it? Number four, every person has the right to control of their body. Of course, a very liberal, progressive view uh, that doesn't take into account uh, some of those other aspects of life and um, and of liberty. Number five, God is not necessary to be a good person or to live a full and meaningful life. Well, you can be a good person and you can live a full and meaningful life without God, but that's it. And you can't do those things perfectly. And then the question comes, what, what then? Well, do you, I, I guess you just die and that's it. Uh, that's as good as it gets. Unfortunately, that's not good enough for me, and I don't believe it's good enough for you. Jesus gives us so much more. Number six, be mindful of the consequences of all your actions and recognize that you must take responsibility for them. I think that's great advice. I'm not sure I would call it a commandment. I think it's great advice. Number seven, treat others as you would want them to treat you. That golden rule there. And you and can reasonably expect them to want to be treated. Treat them the way you think they would want to be treated. Think about their perspective. Again, good advice, a good call, a good way to live. Um, But it it has so many holes in it uh, where it becomes so subjective and everyone is left to kind of do what they feel like is right in their own eyes. Pretty much the standard that was in the time of the judges in the Old Testament. Number eight, we have the responsibility to consider others, including future generations. Uh, That is true. I believe that that is correct. We do. Number nine, there is no one right way to live. Let's come back to that. And number 10, leave the world a better place than you found it. 
Well, what is it about that? Um, what is it about that list that that calls us to, you know, do anything really other than what we want to do or what we choose to do? Um, and and as we said, there there really isn't a commandment in there anywhere. There's not a thou shalt or a thou shalt not. It's a kind of whatever you want. And I think it all hinges around that number nine, which is there is no one right way to live. And I think that really expresses a lot of, of the feelings about in our culture, in our 21st century American society. And that is there's, there's no ultimate truth. There's no ultimate right and wrong. It's really whatever you choose and however you feel. Uh, what makes you happy, what causes you uh, to find the most fulfillment, um, that, that's all that's needed. And, and a, a philosophy like that seems to not take into consideration at all the vast, vast majority and teaching of Scripture, including the teaching and life of Jesus Christ in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Aren't you glad Jesus didn't live that way? Because if that's how he had lived, then he would have never come here in the first place, much less lived a life of such a servant and given that life in such a cruel and horrible way, unjust uh, death by crucifixion. So I, I think that there's a there's a call in Scripture that doesn't go along with those uh, ten non-commandments. Um, and we go back to that verse in, in Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 8, where it says this, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Through the book of Colossians so far, we have seen and emphasized the supremacy of Christ and the gospel uh, the preeminence of Jesus Christ. Uh, we have been warned against those hollow and deceptive philosophies that can't deliver anything other than making you feel temporary happy right now, and that's about it. Uh, and those sway with whatever the current thinking in the current culture is because they're so subjective. Um, we have been called to set our hearts and minds, as I said, on things above, on the spiritual things, the eternal things, uh, not uh, the temporary things, the the physical, the earthly, the carnal things. Well, how can we live faithfully in our current culture? How can we reach people today? It starts by demonstrating, as we've been saying in the through this study of Colossians, starts by demonstrating an authentic spirituality that is not done just so others will see it. That's insincere, and Jesus condemns that. In Matthew 6, as he says, don't do your religious acts and acts of worship uh, in front of other people just to be seen by them. Um, and it's not one that's based on that hollow and deceptive philosophy that just is, is in, in a, in a, unable to be able to give you anything firm to set your foundation on. Um, and it's not one that it's based on rules and regulations that have no value in helping us live faithfully. He said that as well at the end of chapter 2. All of these commandments that someone might give you that that is really just meant to make them look good and doesn't have any value in helping us to live a good and faithful life. Um, 
And so I think that um, there's a quote from a 2013 George Barna study that says this. This, I think, is the kind of church the world truly wants, a church that sees God's activity as relevant to all of life. I think that's what the world wants and is looking for that. And, it, and again, it's not going to be scared off by commandments. It's not going to be scared off if you call people uh, to live a, an unselfish life, to even a sacrificial life. Uh, I think people want to do those things. They want to be tied to a higher purpose than just to go out and do whatever they want and to live however they want. And I realize that that push is very strong in our world today. Uh, but it's not the push of Scripture. As we've said so many times, Jesus came. Jesus himself says in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if anyone is going to be my disciple, he must deny himself, uh, take up their cross every day, and follow me. Well, that's a far cry from these ten non-commandments. Um, it's a far, far cry. Uh, from that. Throughout the rest of Colossians, the Apostle Paul is going to give us some specifics about what this life looks like, what this life that seeks the things that are above and sets our minds and our hearts on the eternal things rather than the physical things. Uh, in the passage that we're going to look at next week, in verses 12 through 17 of Colossians 3, he's going to give us a list of thou shalts, a list of the way that we should live uh, in this passage that we're looking at today and Thursday especially. Colossians 3 verses 5 through 11, he's going to share with us some thou shalt nots. And if you're looking for a passage in scripture that says, yeah, there are some things that are forbidden. There are some things that if you continue to do and continue to give your life uh, in this direction, uh, you will lose your soul. You will lose your salvation. And that's why scripture says this is the way that, to live, or this is the way in these verses not to live. So let's read those verses, Colossians 3, verses 5 through 11, knowing that we'll say more about them on Thursday in our study. Put to death, Colossians 3, verse 5, put to death, therefore, Whatever belongs to your earthly nature. What's the therefore? That's always the question you ask when you see that word. Well, I think it specifically goes back to the four verses that precede it, that call us to set our minds and our hearts on things above. Well, if you're really going to do that, that means you are going to put to death the things that belong to your earthly nature. Uh, we're putting our minds and setting our hearts on things above, not on things of this earth. How do you know if you're doing that, Bill? Okay, Colossians 3, verse 5. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality, and that's where we've already lost a great portion of our American culture today. Impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, another big one, which is idolatry. We don't think about that, greed being materialistic as being uh, an act of idolatry, but it truly puts uh, us in danger of breaking in Moses' original Ten Commandments, the first of those, and that is to have no other gods before the Lord. Um, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, 
Because of these, verse 6, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, verse 8, you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here, there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Well, if Christ truly is all, if Christ truly is in all, if we truly are new creatures, if we truly are setting our hearts and our minds on things above, heavenly things, not earthly things, eternal things, not physical, temporary things, well, then isn't that going to have an impact on the things we do and how we live our lives? Isn't that going to have an impact on the things we refuse to do? Many of which seem to be so popular in our current American culture. Well, if you're looking for a list of things that are thou shalt nots in the New Testament, we just read it. Colossians 3 verses 5 through 11. This is not the only place that has a list like that. 1 Corinthians 6 verses 9 and 10. Uh, have that a, a very similar list. Uh, the book of Galatians speaks about the works or deeds of the flesh in Galatians 5 verses 19 through 21 and tells us that those who live that way uh, and do those kinds of things uh, will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Paul has lists like that in Ephesians chapter 4. James, Peter, all write about the way we should live, including things that we must not do or else we will not be pleasing to God. Rid yourselves of all such things as these. Paul, by the Holy Spirit, writes. And so as we consider these things, we'll consider them more and we'll go through this list one by one on Thursday afternoon. And I hope you'll join me and I hope you'll prayerfully consider this passage and the next one, Galatians, uh, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 11, and then, of course, verses 12 through 16. Uh, the thou shalt nots first that we're looking at this week and the thou shalts that are so important. Christianity is a positive religion. It's not a negative religion, although there are things that are forbidden. And that's what this week's message is about. And then this great passage ends before it gets into chapter 4 with more specifics with that great general statement in Colossians 3, verse 17. In everything you say and in everything you do, do it all to honor Jesus Christ our Lord, giving glory to God the Father uh, through him. And so I pray that that's what we'll do. And as we read this list, we're going to find some that we struggle with. And that's okay. Keep struggling. Don't give up. Don't give in. This is how we're called to live. And that's why we have the church, because we need help and encouragement living this way. Um, thankfully, we have the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from our sins. That's the gospel. But what that blood doesn't do is give us permission to live any way we want. 
and to not care about the thou shalt nots, even the ones that we read about in the New Testament. This coming Sunday morning, we'll read that tremendous, incredible rhetorical question that Paul asks in Romans 6 after five chapters of talking about the grace of God seen in Jesus Christ. He then says, well, let me tell you what I'm not saying. Uh, I'm not saying that we're free to live any way we want. And he does that by asking the rhetorical question, should we go on sinning so that this marvelous, amazing, incredible grace might increase? And he answers his own question, absolutely not. And the way he does that is for the rest of Romans 6, he does something very similar to what he does in Colossians 3. He talks about living a life of unselfishness rather than selfishness, living a life of righteousness rather than sinfulness, living a life where you set your heart and your mind on things above rather than on the things of self and on the things of this earth that are going to ultimately be destroyed. Rid yourself of things like these, Paul says. We'll get back to this list on Thursday. I pray that God will bless you as you seek to live in a way that honors him. God bless.